Are you guys ready to get to the word? All right, I'm going to try that again. I, I think you were still, maybe you were still writing your tithing check or something. I don't know. Are you guys ready to get to the word? Amen. Amen. I am too. Let's pray real quick before we do that. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your word today. God, I thank you that as, as I preach today, Lord, that it be your words coming alive in our heart. Lord, that our ears and our hearts are open for you to speak and impart to us today your revelation knowledge. God, we thank you for it. We receive it by faith in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Well, I'd like for you to do this. I'd like for you to go ahead and turn in your Bible. And uh, we'll see if we get there because I have a big setup. But uh, Matthew 13, Matthew chapter 13. They're going to bring up the light so that you can see your Bibles and uh, see where to, where to turn and make sure that you're in the right place. Matthew 13, and uh, I'll, I'll tell you where we're going with that in just a second. Um, there's lots of parables in that chapter. But I want to kind of set this up before we get down to that story. You know, uh, in, in the day and age we live in, there's a lot of things that's changed over the last two years. In, in the whole world, it's changed all across the globe. It's changed, um, you know, COVID changed a lot of things. Uh, but one, one of the things that we have to realize and that we have to make sure that we do not forget. Everybody say, don't forget. There's things that we can't forget that God has promised us, that God has taught us. And there needs to be a basis for believing from Scripture. Everybody say, amen. From Scripture, from the Bible, from God's holy written word that we believe, was, that, that we believe is inerrant meaning it's no errors, that it's inerrant, that it was, um, the Bible tells us that it was breathed by God, that holy men of old wrote these scriptures, breathed by the Holy Spirit, that they wrote, there are plenty of, of old things that were written and all that, that were not canonized into the Bible, meaning that they were things that were written, they were historical things, they're, they're, they're things that help us reference and understand what was happening in the Bible times, but they're not Bible. Does that make sense? They're not scripture. I was looking up the other day, I was kind of curious about um, another religion that's become very popular in the last 10 or 15 years. And I was looking, they have, you know, like four books and, and one of them actually is the Bible. And I was just kind of flabbergasted by all the, the things they believe that are based off of, of really no substance and no backing. They're just books that are written by a guy that, that, that calls himself a prophet and, and, you know, when you, when you look and study the Bible and the, the way it was written, the prophecies that were fulfilled, the way it came together, there's no way it could have happened other than God. And one of the things that God tells us in his word is that we are commanded to gather together. We're commanded to go to church. I want to look at Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 through 25. Now, I know you're in Matthew, um, so you're welcome to jump around with me. Like I said, I want to kind of set this up today, so you're welcome to jump around. Um, we should have all the scriptures pulled in so that you can follow along on the screens as well. Um, but I'm going to kind of run through several scriptures to set up my topic today. But in Hebrews 13, it says, or excuse me, Hebrews 10, it says this, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope. This is verse 23. Hebrews 10, verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Without wavering, everybody say don't waver. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking, you see this in verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together 
as is the manner of some, meaning that some were forsaking. They were not gathering together. They were not coming together to worship, to, to um, take communion together, to strengthen each other, to encourage each other. They, they were not doing that. He's saying you need to, you need to come together, and here's why, uh, um, exhorting one another and do it more and more and more as you see the day approaching, meaning the day that Jesus comes back. You know, uh, why do we go to church? Well, that's number one. We're commanded to. We're, we're commanded to. Uh, what's another reason? Iron sharpens iron, the Bible tells us. We, we sharpen each other. We keep each other sharp. We keep each other accountable. We help each other out. Uh, there's a, there's a, um, a, a facet of going to church. When you're with other like-minded people, you help one. It encourages you. Hearing Miss Keisha's testimony today, I don't know about you guys, it inspired me. I mean, there are things I'm believing for that I haven't seen yet come to pass on that agreement card. And I'm standing in faith. I'm thanking God every day. We're putting it up on our, our refrigerator and in places around our house. We're standing in faith and believing God. Well, when another believer did the same thing, says, let me tell you what God did for me. Man, that makes me feel good. Listen what uh, Paul wrote to the Romans in Romans chapter 1, verse 12. He says this, that is that we may be mutually strengthened. Say, I strengthen you. You strengthen me. That we may be mutually strengthened and encouraged and comforted by each other's faith, both yours and mine. Paul was writing them saying, I'm, he was actually the whole chapter uh, here, he's talking about, I'm coming to you, I'm trying to get there, I've been held up, I'm writing this letter, and he's saying, this is why, I want, why we need to come together, because I've got something to impart, everybody say impart to impart to you, and I know that you will strengthen and encourage me, my faith and your faith. Now, what's another reason? Of course, there's several reasons why people go to church. Fellowship, outings, you know, children's ministry, and all those things are fine, but we need to keep in mind that we're commanded to, that we help each other, but I want you to not forget something. This is what I want to teach on. There's two topics I've been studying on, like, faithfully in the last several months. Number one is fasting. That's not my message today, but I've been studying about fasting. I've been really um, um, studying it. I wanted to understand it more. Why do we do it? Uh, what's it all about? What are good ways to fa uh, fast? All these things. Read, read several books. Um, the other thing that I've been studying is impartation. Everybody say impartation. impartation. I've been studying impartation. What, what is it that happens when someone commits to someone else and says, I want what they have. I'm not talking about physical things. I'm talking about spiritual matters. Because if you study the Bible, look at Jesus and the disciples. They were, they were discipled under Jesus. Jesus imparted into them. Paul and Timothy, if you read 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy, and actually um, there's uh, Philemon and Onesimus, all these people, if you read the New Testament, you'll see all these people that Paul imparted to that he imparted to them, that he had something that he needed and they needed and that he imparted to them. They didn't have it before. They sat up under Paul. They learned from Paul. They gleaned from Paul and he imparted to them. And we're going to look at this. Um, I wanted to understand it. I wanted to understand. Uh, look at uh, Elijah and Elisha. Elijah was a master prophet. Uh, he was actually a professor prophet. There were schools of prophets, and he would sit down and teach the other prophets. Like, dude was a master prophet. Well, Elisha was a farmer. And Elisha said, I'm going to serve this man. 
help him. And, and out of all of the prophets, out of everybody that Elijah touched, Elisha pushed in so much that at the end, when Elijah was caught up into heaven, it was Elisha who caught the mantle. If you don't understand or don't know that story, what that means is, um, let, me, let me give you a little bit more of the story. Elisha asked for a double portion of his spirit. Well, when he received the mantle, if you were to study that out, he went on to do twice the miracles, do twice the works that Elijah, that Elijah did. Now, why did that happen? Why did he get? I mean, when he came back from receiving the mantle, the Bible tells us that, he was, that, that Elijah was caught up in heaven and that he, he went up in a whirlwind and that the mantle fell. He took it and went back to the water, struck the water just like his mentor did. The water parted. And as he was crossing on dry land, crossing on the, the, the bottom of the sea, that the prophets who were just mocking him noticed the spirit of the one who's no longer there. Now, how does that happen? How does one receive impartation like that? How does one receive? I mean, because a lot of us go through life and go through um, the things and we're not desiring to, to step up our life in any way. And when we do, we don't know how to. I mean, let's be real. I mean, that, I mean, we, I, I, I did that. There's a period in my life where I was kind of floundering around. I felt called by God. I felt like I had things to offer and I wasn't, I didn't know how to receive from someone who had something to give to me. I didn't know how to receive an impartation. What is impartation? What is it? The word impartation simply means to bestow a quality or attribute to someone or something that was not previously there. I'm going to say it again. Impartation means to bestow, to put on, to place a quality or attribute to someone or something that was not previously there. Now, if you think about this in a natural sense, let me just help you maybe understand a little bit better what impartation is. This is an iPhone. Everybody see iPhone? iPhone. All right, iPhone. I love my iPhone. Grateful for my iPhone. It's fantastic. Apple, Apple, they invented the iPhone. Does everybody agree with that? Okay, let me tell you what they did not invent. They did not invent touchscreen technology. They made it better, but they didn't invent it. They did not invent microchips. They improved them, and now they're developing their own, but they didn't invent them. They did not invent many of the other facets. They did not invent uh, tempered glass. They did not invent um, the, the mechanisms for charging. They didn't invent any of that. They improved them and put them all together. They had the vision. But can you imagine a world where, where scientists, after they spent their whole life doing research, learning everything they learned, burned it all at the end of their life and didn't pass it on to anybody else? Didn't write a book, didn't leave the research. Where would we be today if, if scientists didn't pass on the research? I was reading a while back, I think it was sometime last year during all this sickness and stuff, that, that back in the day, they didn't know to wash hands. And during, I think it was the, one of the big plagues that, that was happening, the, the, the doctors, there weren't specialists like there are today. So the same doctors that were delivering babies were also um, doing the mortuary work. They were, they were literally going handle dead people, not wash their hands and go and deliver a baby. Well, the mothers were dying and people were dying and they couldn't understand. Well, eventually they learned wash hands. 
gloves and all these different things that we have nowadays, right? What if they never told anybody? What if that was never passed on? What if that was never written down? What if there was, that, that in a natural sense is impartation. They, they imparted and said, listen, hey, hey, this is going to change how we do medicine. You've got, to re- you've got to wash your hands. Anything like that, that's impartation. That is natural impartation. Just like Apple took other technology and other things, they didn't invent those things, they made it better. You can get a leg up. I've done this with my kids. My, uh, my daughter, uh, they, they, uh, Kaylee, she, she's the oldest, she wanted a bike. Well, she got a bike. When she got a bike, even though Madison could like barely walk, she wanted a bike. And so we had, someone had given us a little tricycle, so we made that Madison's bike. Well, now she's got a bike too. And so, um, but Madison's never really, she, she, she has good efforts, but she's not really a bike rider. You know what I mean? It's not really, it's not really her strong suit. You know what I'm saying? Kaylee, she picked it up pretty quick. She's pedaling. She's got it. She's pushing. But Madison gets frustrated. She can't quite pedal. She can't quite go. Has anybody, anybody ever seen a kid try to ride a bike? It's really frustrating if you're a parent. It's really frustrating. And so Kaylee's pedaling around. We have a basketball court in a park right by our house. And so Kaylee's just essing, just whoo, 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 waving as she goes by. Hi, Madison. Hey. Madison's mad, mad, frustrated. Well, finally, Madison calls me. Daddy. Well, the bike has a little handle at the back. And so daddy comes up behind her, grabs the handle, and I begin pushing Madison. Now, Madison's barely even pedaling. She's just, she's just riding along with me as I push her feet, or just trying to keep up with the pedals. Well, now Madison, with the help of Daddy, is passing Kaylee. It's impartation. You get an advancement. You get a, when, you, when you pick up something from someone else that you didn't have anymore, when you get a quality and receive from God something you didn't have before, it gives you a leg up. It gives you an advancement. It gives you an opportunity. When, when Elisha, Elisha, listen, he could have he just said, all right, my mentor's leaving. He's out. I guess I'll go back to farming. I guess I'll go back. No, he, he knew, number one, that he was called. Number two, if he wanted that, he couldn't leave. As a matter of fact, he said, I will see you. I'll see you go to heaven. Now, I could preach two or three sermons just on that whole story, and there's a lot of other things that I want to say. But number one, I want you to realize impartation can, can happen by men, yes, and we're going to talk about that, but it also can happen from the Word of God. Look at Ezekiel. Ezekiel uh, chapter 2, verse 2, it says, Then the Spirit entered me when he spoke to me and set me on my feet. Say, set me on my feet. And I heard him who spoke to me. The Word of God literally set Ezekiel on his feet. The Spirit came in the room. The Word of God uh, imparted to him something that set him on his feet. I I think, you know, sometimes we we miss the point that as you're reading the Word of God, as you're studying the Word of God, you can receive impartation from heaven. There have been scriptures that I've read over and over that were read to me as a kid, read to me by whoever, and then all of a sudden one day I read it, boom! Boom! I get it. I get it like a, a light bulb in my head. Have you ever had that? I see you shaking your head. You know, man, I can just, I, oh man, I never saw that before. I never realized that before. When I show you this, this, well, hopefully I can get to it in this Matthew 13, this verse we're going to read. It, it was like mind blown. You ever seen that mind blown emoji? That's what I, that's what I feel like sometimes because the word of God will become life. But, but 
it, it, it happens that way because you're expecting an impartation when you read it. I don't just read the word of God as a, as a due diligence. That might sound funny to you, but I, I don't read. If, if I sat down in the morning and all I read was one verse, but I read it over and over again, I let God speak to me through that one verse. I let God's word come alive to me through that one verse. And you think, well, hold on now. All you read today was one verse? Now, pastor, how are you going to get along with just one verse? When God imparts to you and the the spirit of God supernaturally reveals something to you, that can be enough food for a whole week. From one verse? Yes, from one verse. Do you know the Bible says that his word is spirit and life? That there's life in the Bible. That I, I, I can pick it up and I can read it and I can take it. I, you know, I use a lot of digital stuff, but I'm glad I got a paper Bible today because I want you to see this, this is not just paper. This is not just, just red and black ink. This is life. And when you, when you, man, sit down whenever you can, take a moment on your lunch break, give five minutes of your lunch break to God and just get a couple verses in. Start in the New Testament, read the New Testament and and ingest it like you would like you would take in food, ingest it. Let it let it come alive to you. Listen to this in Acts 20, 32. uh, Paul, again, or or this is the the author of Acts. Anyways, he's saying in verse 20 or excuse me, chapter 20, verse 32. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, Say word to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. Do you see it? His word is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. There's a building up from God's word that happens, an impartation that can happen. God can use his word to impart to you something you didn't have. Something you didn't have. You can get up from reading the word and have something you didn't have when you sat down. The spirit of God will make it come alive to you. And we know that we can see um, when, when Paul, after he was um, blinded, he, he got filled with the Holy Spirit, got his sight back. Before he ever wrote a book, before he ever went and did any ministry, he studied. He sat under the disciples and he studied. Now, we don't have a whole lot of, 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 of writings on that, but we know what happened. And when it happened, obviously, Paul commands more real estate of the New Testament, meaning he wrote more of the New Testament than anybody else. How does a man get that? By the Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit. The Old Testament, they had that. As a matter of fact, religious Jews would carry it around. They would carry it around. And so when they would carry that around, obviously he knew that, would read that and study that. But if you read Paul's writings, he got something the others didn't get. He got a revelation that the others didn't get. That was God-inspired, God-breathed, and he changed the Christian world forever. Do not discount the Word of God. Do not discount the importance of taking time to read the Word and be imparted to by the Holy Spirit. Number two, impartation by discipleship. Look at the word disciple. We, it's, a, it's a, almost a Christianese term, meaning that it's like Chinese to someone who doesn't even know, you know, we don't use the word disciple anymore. Uh, in the 1800s, you, disciple, you didn't really use the word student or something like that. You would just, you would call everyone, they were called disciples. I mean, any student or anybody who was learning, they were called disciples. Nowadays, it's less common. You only really hear about it in church. And most of the time, we just use it as a, uh, almost like an adjective to describe the disciples of Jesus. 
What is a disciple? A disciple is a follower or a student of a teacher or leader. A follower or a student. Another more literal translation of the Bible definition of disciple is a learner. I would write that down in your notes. Disciple equals learner. A disciple is one who's learning. Now, I want to ask you this today. Everybody in this room, me included, I'm going to go ahead and pre-let you know I'm raising both of my hands to the answer to this question. Okay. Is anyone in this room a disciple? We're all disciples, which means we are all still learning. Like we're still learning. So why, I started by asking you, why are we going to church? Why are we, why are we doing what we're doing? Why are we, why? Well, what's, the, what's the purpose? Because I'm still learning. Because I'm still learning. Because I want an impartation from heaven. Now, God can use men. God can use, uh, obviously, his word, as we just talked about. I don't really care what the method is. I want all of God I can have. And time and time again throughout his word, we see where he, he used this method of impartation to, to take someone who is a disciple and lift them up to a higher level. Lift them up and impart to them something they didn't have before. We're called to be discipled and we're called to make disciples. We're called to be discipled and we're called to make disciples. Go into all the world and preach the word, making disciples. We're to make disciples. That means there should be other people who are learning. But let me ask you this. How can you disciple anyone else if you don't have anything to give them? And how can you, the, Paul, he said, he said, how can anyone know the word or be saved unless they've heard the word preached? The, Paul understood because he had Onesimus, he had Philemon, he had Timothy, he had these young, uh, not so that they were young, but they had men that were sitting underneath him that he was imparting into. That he was downloading. When God would give him something, he would give it to them. We, we know it because we have the letters. Have you read them? Like they all start with, um, this was Paul, and, or this is Paul, and I'm writing from my jail cell, and I'm writing to so-and-so um, because uh, the Lord just visited me last night, and he told me something, and I got to tell you. I mean, basically, I mean, that's really what, I mean, like every letter is like that. It's like, it's like hey, um, by the way, uh, y'all wrote me, and y'all asked me these questions. I got answers. By the way, y'all wrote me, and, or, or someone told me that there's been issues in your church. I've got an answer to that. Paul had something or some things and he was imparting it. He was imparting it. So how do we receive that? Or or what are some of the methods to receiving that? First of all, I want you to notice something that Paul instructed in Ephesians. And he, this is Ephesians chapter four, verses 10 through 13. Ephesians chapter four, verses 10 through 13. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. Four, why did he give these gifts? Sometimes we call these the fivefold ministry gifts. Why did he give these gifts? Notice verse 12. They were given, Jesus gave them to us for the equipping. Everybody say equip. For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. Now, how can you be equipped without learning? There's a discipleship process to learning. So a lot of us, we treat, leave that verse up for just a second. 
we treat life like I did in college. Anybody ever cram for a test? I'm so proud of my wife. She's in the middle of taking classes. She is not a crammer. She's not a crammer. She doesn't cram. She wants to learn it. She wants to know it. I, on the other hand, I am a crammer. Not anymore. I've learned to study the word, but I'm talking about in college and as, a, as a student in a natural setting, in a university setting. I was a crammer, man. I wanted, I kept myself busy, busy, busy. Oh, test tomorrow. I, I could just read it, get it, and I'm a really good test taker, so I would ace it. I'd ace the test. And a lot of us want to do that in a spiritual sense. Like, oh, I need a miracle. I need a miracle. Cram, 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 cram. Instead of knowing See, if you, if you want to live a miracle life, follow somebody who has miracles in their life. And find out what do they have that I don't have. What are they doing that I'm not doing? You are who you associate with. And if you're living with and dealing with and, and surrounded with pe- a bunch of people that all they do is talk negative, all they do is talk against God, all you listen to is stuff that's anti the Bible, and then you wonder, well, I wonder why my life looks like this. But when you surround yourself with, I mean, Paul, I mean, he instructed these guys, listen, um, first of all, you need to think, and he told them what to think on. First of all, you need to do this, and this is how you need to do it. And he gave them these, these I mean, they, they were gold, they were treasure. They were treasure that he imparted to them that, that I, I, we know from, uh, from history, from looking at the early church, that they received it. At least most of them, they received it. They went on to do great and mighty things for the, for the early church. He imparted to them. Let's keep going here. Verse 12. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. These gifts edify the body of Christ. What does edify mean? Build up. What did I tell you? Uh, read the verse earlier. Build up. God wants to build up his church. He wants to build you up. He doesn't want you to stay where you are. He doesn't want you to stay at the level you are. He doesn't want, he doesn't, you know, if you think about um, my family table right now, everybody just think about Pastor JT's family table. My wife and I, adults, when we make steak or fish, we put, I, I, I like salmon. Anybody like salmon? I love a good salmon. I like to pan sear it. Pan sear it. I like to, uh, um, in the last couple of minutes, put the top on so it gets a nice, uh, uh, um, almost like a baking feel to it so it gets kind of nice and crispy there at the end. Uh, I, we like to do rice with it. We like to do rice with it and use it as some sort of vegetable like asparagus. Asparagus, love asparagus. My kids, however, most of them don't even like the fish when we make it. Josh just started, you know, really kind of eating all that kind of stuff. Now he'll eat whatever. But like just a few months ago, he was just eating milk and like a baby version of those foods. Madison was eating basically just the carbs, whatever carb we had, whatever bread or whatever. And Kaylee, if we, you know, we had to kind of get her into it. She started finally eating the same thing we're eating, but she was eating it all cut up, chopped up. And we kind of had to almost hide it. So she didn't really know what she was eating. We're all eating different things. Are you following me? And we're all, but, but what are, what, every one of us, what are we all doing? We're taking in nourishment because we're growing. Because we're growing. And every single one of us, we are growing. We are, we're, God doesn't want you to stay the same, but there's things he's trying to impart to you. If you're willing to sit and listen and adhere to and connect to, sit, to if you're able to connect to the source that God has placed in your life, 
to impart something into you. Or sources. Obviously, it's not just you know a one-off thing. Sources, but listen, you've got to have a realization going forward in your life. There are things I'm not going to stay where I'm at. There are things that God's trying to get into me. There are things that God's trying to download into me, and I'm going to receive them by faith. I'm not staying where I'm at. I'm still in verse 12, I think. Verse 13, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man. We always say all the time, oh, well, well I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not perfect, I'm not perfect, I'm not perfect. But God's actually trying to bring you closer and closer and closer to perfection. But yet we don't want to submit. I mean, this is really the part of the truth, is we don't want to submit. We don't want to uh, give ourselves to, and I, I'm going to tell you why I think that is in just a second. Let me get through this. Ready. All right. What, what, what does the impartation bring? We saw from all those scriptures, it brings spiritual growth and enrichment. Sp- spiritual growth and enrichment. It brings encouragement and strength. Think about verses like Galatians 6, 9, that we don't grow weary of doing good. Uh, in due season, you will reap. It brings promotion and distinguishment. We see that from examples in the Bible of, of, of these men of God who were promoted. Elisha was a farmer. He became, eventually, he was the same professor prophet sitting at the same tables teaching the same prophets that his mentor was. Impartation. Who would you just mention? You just mentioned Joseph. Another one. Uh, um, how about Joshua? When Listen to this. When Kay, uh, Caleb and Joshua came back, from the promised land, they, were, they spied on the land. They were the only two that said, we can take this land. God blessed that. Moses, in his disobedience, never saw the promised land. When that happened, God had to supply a new leader because God promised, hey, you're going to see the promised land if you, if you obey me. Okay, long story short, what happened? Jo- uh, Joshua became the leader of the Israelites. The Bible tells us, that as soon as Joshua took over for Moses, that every Israelite committed to him as their new leader. Historians, theologians tell us three plus million Israelites. I mean, you hear all the time. I mean, think about our country. When a new president takes over, nobody fought. I mean, it's just like a big mess. Uh, even in the church world, when a new pastor takes over a church, if there's a situation like that, you might hear about that more. It happens more in denominational churches. Um, half the church leaves. Well, I don't like him. and I don't like this. And I don't like, you know, that's supernatural. That's supernatural for him to take over and three million say, yeah, okay, this is the new guy. This is the anointed one. This is who's going to lead us. Think about that. Promotion and distinguishment. What you must realize, I want y'all to get this. I wrote this down. I want you to hear it from my heart. If God placed you here, connected you here, and you've planted yourself here, there's something for you to learn here. And, And what I had to learn and realize is that it's not coming from me. Like the man me. It's not, there's, he said he gave gifts. And, and there's so many, you know, now our, our churches continue to grow. And I'm thankful because uh, in the early days, it felt like no one wanted me to impart anything. And I'm not sure if I had anything to impart. I mean, I did because God had called me. But I mean, that's just how I felt. I'm like, well, what am I here to, you know, what am I doing? I had to learn. I had to grow. I had to step into those roles. But, but, but uh, I remember just early on in the early church, well, not even a year old, and, and, and older families, more established families began to come 
and sit under and hear me. And I began to realize that as I was teaching and preaching and they would come after her and say, I got something out of this. And I'm like, how does an 87 year old woman who's been serving God for 63 years receive something from me? Because it's not coming from me. God used me to impart something into her or to whoever it is that, that God uses men to impart to us. Are you hearing this today? James 4, 6. I want to just get this out of the way, then I'm going to get to the good part. Are you ready? Are you with me? James 4, 6 says this, but he gives more grace. Therefore, it says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. We've got to be humble in our approach. I'm going to talk about me for a second. I had to humble myself and realize as talented as I was, as gifted as I was, as, as um, highly as I thought of myself. This is years ago. I wanted to clarify. <laughs> like, oh, okay, well, this is my first time here today and this will be my last. No, I'm just kidding. This is years ago. I, 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 had, I had an epiphany. That, that if God placed a man of God, my pastor is Pastor Steve McCart, Family Worship Center Florence. That's where God placed, placed our family, placed me there. That if God placed us there and placed me there, that, that there are things that I needed from him that God was going to bring into my life because I made a submission to a man of God. And then he connected to others, evangelists, prophets, teachers, and all these, I mean, books and resources that I've picked up because my pastor said, hey, you need to read this. Hey, you need to look in this. Hey, this changed my life. Hey, have you studied this? And I began to pick up these things from him. And so then other evangelists, and by the way, this year, uh, we've been obviously with COVID and everything, there's been all kinds of situations. We're planning to bring more of those types of um, teachers and evangelists into our churches to reach all of us in ways that we haven't been able to do the last couple of years. Why? Because there's gifts and you connect to and you can receive an impartation from them. There's something they have you don't. That God gave them and if you can mine it out, it'll change your life. It'll change your life. Pride, though, says I don't need that. Pride says I'm good. I got this. Pride, and I can say this honestly today because it was me. Fair, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, if the shoe fits, wear it, obviously, but I'm not trying to come into anybody today. I'm not trying to hurt anyone's feelings. I'm not trying to bother you. I'm trying to tell you that if pride is inhibiting you from receiving an impartation, you've got to get it out of the way. You've got to get it out of the way. I, I, I have, I have, I had stories and all kinds of stuff I want to tell. I don't have time to tell it all. Hebrews, Hebrews 7, 7. Yet it is beyond all contradiction that it is the lesser person who is blessed by the greater one. Do you see that? It is the lesser person who is blessed by the greater one. I went to a conference one time. Pastor Steve sent us to a conference. It was early on. I was hired, to give you a little backstory, I was hired as a media director. That was what I went into the ministry to do. I had zero desire to be a pastor, zero desire to do anything. I, I, felt, I did feel called. I did feel called to full-time ministry and to working for God full-time. I felt called to that, but I didn't have any desire to be a pastor or anything like that. And I went to this conference, and it was amazing. One of the biggest churches I've ever been to. I mean, I mean, acres and acres of land, multiple, multiple buildings, a couple thousand seat auditorium, and they were putting on this creative conference. 
video, lighting, sound, technology, creative, arts, all that. Oh, man, I was eating it up, loving every minute of it. And they had all these sessions. And in the first night session, the, the one who started the conference was the pastor's son. He's actually now the lead pastor of that church. And he comes on, and he was kind of hamming up. He's like, have y'all loved this? How about our lights? How about our LED video wall? I mean, all this stuff. And we're like, yeah, yeah. And he said, let me tell you something. Your job is not to go back to your church and your pastor and be such and such church. That's not your job. Your job is not to go back and try to convince your pastor and change him to do what we're doing. We're going to teach you philosophies. We're going to teach you what things that we understand. Don't be captivated because our, 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 the back of our, our stage is black and our lights are purple and there's haze in the room. Be captivated about why we do that and the things that we're doing so that you can go back and say, Pastor, what's your vision? What's your vision? And help him connect, help him accomplish. You know what the ministry of helps is? The Bible talks about the ministry of helps. The ministry of helps is helping the pastor help the people. See, a lot of people want to come in and, and, and they, they, they want to come in and they want to do all the ministry work. Well, God called us to do that. Let the pastor see that gift in you and, and give it to you. Say, hey, you know what? I want you to head up this group of people. I want you to help me reach this group of people. I want you to help me do a prison ministry. I want you to help me. You know, we have to realize it's not our job. I had to realize it was not my job to change him. I wanted to. When that first day, I wanted to come back and say, all right, man, we're doing this, that, and the other. But I came back humbly. And I said, Pastor, I have some thoughts. And I began to talk to him about it. And it was a little bit of time, but we began to change things and move things. But I hooked up with his vision. Do you hear me today? Because impartation flows from the top down. I'm never too developed. Write this down if you can. If you're taking notes, write this down. And make this a declaration for your life. I am never too developed that I can't learn from somebody. I am never too smart that I can't be educated. I'm, I'm, never, too, I'm never too good to pick up something from somebody else. Are you still there in Matthew 13? Matthew 13, I know that's where we started. I want to wrap up by giving, I might have to, to expand on this at another date. But I want to give you a taste of what God showed me through this scripture. First of all, 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says that you have a treasure in your earthen vessel. Everybody understand that? Say, I'm a treasure. Say, I have a treasure. You have an earthen vessel, you have a flesh, you have a body, but you have a heavenly treasure inside. The Bible says you have a treasure. Now look at Matthew 13, 44. Do you see it? I don't know if I pulled that in, Brother Lewis. I can't remember if I did because I was prepping all this. You have it, Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven, everybody say the kingdom of heaven, is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid. And for, and for joy over the treasure that he found, he goes and sells all that he has and buys the field. We're a treasure. We have a treasure. We're called to disciple, but to be discipled, which means that when God places somebody in our life, there's a treasure there for us to receive. I want you to notice this principle from the kingdom of heaven that Jesus was teaching. The guy was so excited about the treasure he found, he bought the whole field. He bought the dirt. He bought the rocks, he bought the moles, he bought the ants, 
He bought, he bought the field. And I think that sometimes we discount a treasure that God's trying to put in our life because we're looking at the field. We're looking, at the, we're looking at the dirt. We're looking at someone's dirt and saying, well, I just wish they wouldn't say it like that. Instead of saying, God, what are you trying to say to me through this gift that you put in my life? They say, well, I just wish he wouldn't dress like that. And blah, 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 blah. You're looking. That's preference. That's the field. That's the dirt. Well, he's just a little harsh sometimes. He's just a little whatever. And I wish he wouldn't, and just, you know, I don't know why, the family worship center, I love the church, but every time they have to teach on finances, well, have you ever thought God's maybe trying to do something with your finances? I mean, I preach the word. It's not like I'm up here just telling you my thoughts and ideas. Looking at the dirt, we're looking at the field. But he bought the field so he could get the treasure. So he could get the gold. So he could get the the thing that he valued. He sold everything he had to get the treasure. See, see, some of us want to cram. We want the cram session. We want to just cram, get as much, just get get as, you know, I'm just going to just get the minimal to get by. But he sold everything he had to get the treasure. I, I wonder sometimes what treasure we've missed out on because we wouldn't buy the field. What, what, what gold, what treasure, what, subs, what, what was God trying to impart to us that we missed out on because we didn't like the field? Because we didn't like how it looked. We didn't like the real estate. I can tell you something. If I knew there was oil somewhere in, in northeast Columbia, I don't care how ugly the land is, man. I'm, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to do whatever I can. I'm going to be taking loans out and <laughs> whatever. Somebody tell me, hey, there's gold over in such and such lot, but it's ugly. It's, uh, there's trees all growing up. You're going to have to clear it out. You're going to do a lot of work. You, excuse me, did you say gold? And that's natural. This is nat- these are things that we would do in the natural sense. And God's trying to impart to you and puts men and women of God in your life to speak to you. I, I, I am telling, I, again, I learned and studied this for me so so that as I continue to grow, I mean, I feel like God in the last three years, we're coming up on three years as a ministry, man, COVID, let me tell you something. If you're a pastor and you you survived this far through COVID, I can tell you what it's like. I can tell you what kind of faith that it takes. I I can tell you firsthand because I've done it. I, I I I can tell you. But, but I know that as much as I've grown in three years, as much as I've still got, man, what else can I learn? There's a, um, brother, brother Andre, you can come, I'm wrapping up. Um, there, there's a man that, just to further my point about the field, there's a man that, again, he's an evangelist that, that I know through our, through our connections. He's reputable. He's all those kinds of things. Um, I don't really like him, like, as a person. I think he's kind of, Annoying. I, I think he's kind of, I mean, like sometimes, I mean, the, he's just kind of harsh. Like the way he words things and the way he says things, he's kind of, you know what I mean? I just, and I, I try, I, every once in a while I would try to listen to him. I'd try to turn him on. You know, maybe he put out something or some sort of video or some, some of that new, new teaching or whatever. I just couldn't get into it. I just, I just didn't really vibe with him. 
But y'all know that I've been praying and seeking the Lord about this building and about us having a building. Have y'all heard me preach on Psalm 37? Talk about Psalm 37, quote Psalm 37. The righteous shall possess the land. The righteous shall possess the land. There was a teaching from this man, from this evangelist. And I'm sure my pastor said things like this and he's, you know, uh, uh, and, and planted those seeds. But God used the way that he taught it that day. I had never, I hadn't listened to this man in probably two years. I don't know. But I saw something, clicked on his message, actually felt led to do it. And as he began talking, I realized this is about to change my life. And he began talking about how he had no buildings. No buildings. His ministry, his evangelist, he's going to teach. He had no buildings, not, nothing. And his, his staff was growing. He was up to like, I don't know, 15 staff or something like that. And they were in just this little building. Um, his wife was working in one office with two other people and all this stuff. Leasing. And he got this message in his heart that the righteous shall possess the land. And he began believing God for a building. And God gave him a building. And then, in four years, gave him three more buildings. Four buildings in three years. Zero financing. Zero banks. Okay, I I began listening because he has something I don't have. Then I began changing my perspective with, and you know, I, I began thinking, okay, every time I walk in Family Worship Center Florence, which has multiple buildings, property, land, I began thinking, okay, if, if God used Pastor Steve to get here and I'm in Columbia, I've got something to learn. When I walk around, there's multiple venues, multiple drum sets, multiple bass players, multiple piano players, multiple staff. I can't get upset about the dirt. And, and, and I, I ask him a question, trying to learn something, and he doesn't respond the way I like He was kind of short with me. These are things that we get upset about. People leave church over this stuff. We'll leave a place that God planted them over this kind of stuff because it's the field that we're focused on instead of the treasure. And I've made up my mind. I've determined, you know what? I'm I'm in it for the treasure. I'm in it for what God has to give to me. God, show me. Every time I read your word, impart to me something I don't have. Every time I, 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 I have a chance to spend time with a man of God that has let them impart to me, I'm going to shut my mouth. I have nothing to offer them. I want to listen. I want to I take notes. I want to I get something. In a couple weeks, you should see in your bulletin, Pastor Reggie Scarborough, who is Pastor Steve's pastor, who sat and studied right up under Brother Hagen, who was a phenomenal man of God. Well, I mean, if you go and you study what Brother Hagen did, it's, it's unreal how God used him. That man is coming to Florence. Now he's doing a Sunday morning service. If you were, if, I'm not okay with you skipping church, but if you were to skip church on Sunday morning, February 20th and go to Florence, please do it. And Sunday night, 6.30, they're having a 6.30 service, which pastor doesn't normally do, but he's doing that because he wanted to give an opportunity for Columbia, Georgetown, Sumter, for all of our locations to come together and receive something from a man of God. Pastor Reggie has a phenomenal, I mean, phenomenal track record. Phenomenal. I mean, these aren't guys I read this week. And I'm not trying to down. I, I hate it when a, a pastor falls or stumbles or a church, you know, gets gets caught up in a mess. But I read just last week where a church in another state, uh, man had multiple affairs, multiple things happened. 
Um, the staff started all leaving and uh, it's a whole big mess. Th th these men of God that we're connected with are holy men of God who have a proven track record that have something to impart to us. I, I would, I would if, you, if you're like low on gas, like, hey, how am I going to get there? Start sowing seeds now and believe in God. Save your gas, drive somewhere less that week and drive over to Florence on February 20th, 6.30 p.m. and receive from Pastor Reggie Scarborough. Receive. He's like an apostle, which is one of the gifts that I mentioned earlier. When Pastor Steve comes here, I, I wouldn't miss those meetings. Because there, there's, there's something, you know, oh, well, I'm just, you know, I'm just not too sure. Uh, someone told me, someone in our church told me one time, well, he's just a little old school. Just a little old school. I don't care. I'm not in it for the old school or the new school. I'm glad you like me because you feel like I'm new school and I wear a blazer instead of, you know, sometimes I wear jeans and, a, you know, and I look, you know, whatever. Like, that's just what I like. I don't, like, that's the field. This is the field. You see what I'm saying? I, I, I'm in it for the treasure. God, what can you say to me? What can you speak to me? What can you reveal to me? What revelation can I gain that will change my life? God, let me never be the same because of the gifts that you've put in my life. And let me never discount it because of my pride or my discomfort with someone else's field. Let me, let me receive your treasure. Let me receive your treasure. This is like 15% of what I've studied and researched on this. I'm not sure if I'll preach more on it next week or if I'll, you know, I actually thought I'd start last week and God dropped that message in my heart, which um, I've heard from several people. It was really good. Um, what was the title? This changes nothing. This changes nothing. Um, you know, uh, I, I, I'm not saying that I'll preach on this next week, but I'm saying that I have more to give and more to offer. And and I wouldn't, I wouldn't miss next week because I might or I might preach on something else. And if it's something else, then I believe it'll be even better than this. Amen. I also do plan on Wednesday nights because we usually talk about prayer on Wednesday nights. I do plan to teach on fasting in the coming weeks on Wednesday nights. On Wednesday nights. If you ever want to know more about, I'm not going to spend the whole time because I, I think there's other things that we cover we do on Wednesdays. But I, I think it's important that the church knows how to fast, what fasting is about, what, what is the, I'm going to teach on that on Wednesday nights. Come be a part of our Wednesday night service at seven o'clock. Let me also say this. I get that it's a school night. It's a work night. Um, it, I am not offended because you may not know we, we have to load all this equipment out and so after a Wednesday night service it's late it's 8 o'clock sometimes 8.05, I try to I try to end at 8 but whatever we end at that time and, and I get it you don't want to load out you don't want to stack up all the chairs listen my wife can take the kids I will gladly stay here by myself it will not offend me at all if you have to leave to get your kids home, to get ready for work, or you know, some people work crazy shift hours and they're like, well, I just, I can't stay till nine, 9.30 and load out. I am not offended. My wife is not offended. We are not bothered at all. We're, we're graced to do this. Now, if you can stay and help, fantastic. We'll, we'll, we'll gladly receive your help. Gladly receive, but, but I'm not bothered by, don't miss church. Don't miss an oppor opportunity to receive something from God on a Wednesday night because of the field. 8, 8.10, bye-bye, Pastor JT. Got to work in the morning. Got to be up at 4 a.m. Got it. Love you. See you soon. See you next week. See you on Sunday. I'm not going to be offended. I'm not going to be bothered. I'm not. I'd rather you be here for service than to miss because you don't want to load out. 
I, to tell you the truth, I don't really want to low down either. <laughs> but I mean, seriously, we're graced to do it. It doesn't bother. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me. Come be a part. Come be a part. Amen. Will you stand up on your feet?